whatever time of the day it is. Today, we're going to discuss on uh, another black historical figure. And that figure is Brother Malcolm. And for those who don't know who I may be referring to, it's Malcolm X. Asalaamu Alaikum. And by the way, for those who don't know what that means, it's a greeting in Arabic, which means peace be upon you. The Salam is a religious salutation amongst Muslims, just in case y'all didn't know that. Going back to Malcolm X, this guy, without any doubt, was one of the biggest human rights activists during the 1960s, especially during the civil rights movement, primarily on behalf of the Nation of Islam. Now, Malcolm X, <laughs> he was a bad boy. He... He stood his ground. He meant what he said to say what he meant. He backed up his words. He did live in fear. But not a lot of people renowned Malcolm X as to do Martin Luther King because of their mindset toward society. Where Martin Luther King was more peaceful, more loving, wanted everyone to come together in peace and harmony, integration. Malcolm X, not that he was necessarily against integration, even though he technically did say that in some way, shape, or form. He, his mindset was the white man is causing all these problems and we need to lift up our black people while Dr. King mindset was like wait a minute wait a minute let's just come together let's connect on one accord and let's live amongst one another again Malcolm X he was more for black empowerment and black empowerment within our own community. And that's why for all them years as a Muslim minister, he preached black power. But before we get into Malcolm X wholeheartedly, let me give all of you some facts about Malcolm X because some of you may or may not know how Malcolm X was prior to entering the Nation of Islam in the early 1950s. First and foremost, he wasn't born Malcolm X. <laughs> Hopefully all of you knew that. His original name was Malcolm Little, and he took out the Little and placed the X because back in those days, and I'm pretty sure now, Black people, at least in Muslim culture, they believe that the last names belong to the slave owners. 
You know, that's why you see Muhammad Ali, his original name was Clashes Clay. So, Ali, Allah. He was born, Malcolm X, in Omaha, Nebraska, on May 19th, 1925. He originally had red hair. Back when he was living in Detroit, I believe it was Detroit, his boys used to call him Red Rooster or Red Hooster. One of those two, because he had red hair. But here's some sad news. And by the way, I genuinely, I was going to bring it up later in the show, but I'm going to bring it up now. If none of you listening to the sound of my voice now have not watched the movie Malcolm X starring Denzel Washington, not because it's Black History Month, not because we're talking about Malcolm X, but I strongly would recommend, I, I am strongly recommending that all of you take the time out to watch that movie. Now, I will admit, it's a long movie, long being three hours, but I guarantee you, if you sit in your couch, on your couch, and truly watch and listen to the movie, you will have a thriller and a story of a lifetime. I'm not saying that as a black guy, I'm saying that from a story, an autobiography point of view, nonfiction point of view. Still not out there early on. Well, another fact about Malcolm, Mr. X, he was a troublemaker. I mean, this guy was arrested on three different occasions in the 1940s, 1930s, late 1930s. And he is known, which is shown in the movie, he, was, he spent six and a half years in jail. The sentencing beginning in 1946 for larceny, and burglarizing homes in Boston. And that's actually where Malcolm X started having interest in the nation of Islam. And then, long story short, after he got released from prison in 52, he joined the nation of Islam. And <laughs> that man. Oh, let me give you some more facts. I got, I got one more fact. Two more facts, actually. He was such a bad person to people in jail that his cell block mates called him Satan because he would curse God and the Bible. Now, obviously, this is before he joined the nation of Islam, but 
that's the type of character he possessed. And because of that, joining the Nation of Islam, and as if you just watch the videos, you read the stories, he was on FBI surveillance since being released from prison. And supposedly he was causing so much turmoil that J. Edgar Hoover said on record, do something about Malcolm X. And those who don't know who J. Edgar Hoover is, he was the former director of the FBI. He was there for like decades upon decades. And by the way, that's another good movie to watch. J. Edgar Hoover. And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio. So that's another movie recommendation I'm giving out right now. So Malcolm X. What was so special about Malcolm X? Why is he such a, a historical figure? Not just a black historical figure, but a historical figure nonetheless. Because he, he essentially did the same thing Dr. King did. He, he pushed for black people. He pushed for black empowerment. He wanted black people to be treated the same as white people. Now, as I mentioned early on, the only differences between Dr. King and Malcolm X is Malcolm X was more aggressive in that movement, while Dr. King was more peaceful. Some of you may have seen the picture toward the end of Malcolm X's life where he's photographed holding a rifle at his home. Now, he had a rifle at his home for another reason, which we'll talk about in a few moments. But that was his personality. Like he was strictly for, the, for black people. Strictly for black people. He didn't want no part of white people. He, he viewed white people as a menace to society. You see, some people need to understand that as a black person, when you just want to go, to, in those days, when you just want to go to a diner to get something to eat and you're told no because you're black, when you're told that you're not allowed to drink from a certain water fountain because you're black or of darker color, darker skin complexion, when you were told that you were not allowed to use a certain restroom because you're black, I would advise having some empathy for those people because... If, if some of you people were told that you weren't allowed to do something because of your skin color, straight to your face. And there was nothing that you could do about it because it was socially okay. Some of you probably want to start fighting that person. 
I mean, if you watch the movie 42, that showed Jackie Robinson's life, primarily his rookie year as a Brooklyn Dodger. There was a scene in that movie where the team stopped by a gas station to get gas for their team bus. And if I remember correctly, one of his teammates wanted to use the restroom. And the owner of the gas station or the person running the gas station told the guy, no, Jackie Robinson told one of his teammates who was pumping the gas to take the, the gas nozzle out of the tank. And, and he told him to take it out because they, wait a minute, you want to reject my guy, my teammate to go to the restroom, but you want us to give you our money? For gas? Forget you. We'll go to another gas station. And that's when that guy caved in and said, go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. Use the restroom. And you see, Frederick Douglass once said, and I may have mentioned it on the last episode, power concedes nothing without a demand. The problem with society today is we are unwilling to sacrifice for the betterment of others. Primarily, I'm talking amongst the betterment of black people. Colin Kaepernick. None, no NFL player stood up for him when he clearly stated his reason for sitting down during the national anthem. He said it wasn't about the flag. He said it was because the, excuse me, the injustices that were happening in society where white cops were killing black kids, black people. That was his reason. He said it on record, and yet no player in the NFL stood by his side. None. It's... It's the same, similar reasons to why the NFL, think about it, the NFL has no guarantee, fully guaranteed contracts and nothing within the CBA, collective bargaining agreement, where they get lifetime health care after playing in a certain amount of years in the NFL. Think about that. A sport that is incredibly violent, incredibly, excuse me, hardcore, and they don't have those type of benefits, while people in the NBA who just use basketballs for a living, where it's softer than cottonelle tissue, they $200 million guarantee because... Those players are willing to sacrifice to others. Y'all remember the lockdown season in, I think it was 2012? They ain't played for, what, three, four months? 
by an NFL. Oh, get an extra game, less practices. What? Are you kidding me? You got to be willing to sacrifice for the betterment of others. And look what Brian Flores is doing. He's pretty much sacrificing his coaching career. But he's shining a light on a league that has an axe to grind with black people. And I know they just hired some, the, the head of the Houston Texans. They hired some, some black guy. I think it was the defensive coordinator on the team. But if you look at that situation, it's only a two-year deal. The dude is in his 60s. When that two-year deal is over, he has retirement. The guy they originally wanted to hire, he was he, he was like a head coach in high school. And it, want, it was a white guy. He, they wanted to hire him originally, but they would catch so much heat for hiring that guy. Oh, and by the way, he's now on the staff. So, you know what they're doing. They're just prepping him to say, hey, look, he got two years of experience. We, he, he, he could be a head coach. It's crazy. But let's go back to Malcolm X. I respect Malcolm X because he was a man of integrity. He, let me give y'all an example. When Malcolm X left the nation of Islam in 1964, he left because Elijah Muhammad was a hypocrite. Actually, I got a video, video for all of you to listen to and just how integral and non-fearful he was. In this video, Malcolm X explains why he left the nation of Islam. So take a listen. And I had uh, stated in a newspaper article about an effort to take my life back in January, and at that time, the Muslims denied it. Why are they threatening your life? Well, uh, primarily because they're afraid that I will tell the real reason that they've been, that I'm out of the black Muslim movement, which I never told. I kept to myself. But the real, real reason is that Elijah Muhammad, the head of the movement, is the father of eight children by six different teenage girls. Six different teenage girls who were his private personal secretary. The one who first made me aware of this was Wallace Muhammad, Mr. Muhammad's son. And it was uh, their fear that uh, if I remained in the black Muslim movement and this came into the knowledge of his followers, that they would leave him and follow me. A plan immediately was set in motion to uh, take me down, put me out. And uh, the statement that I made about Kennedy was used as a, a pretext to take me down. Did you what get out of the will you take to protect yourself from this threat? I take no steps. I have a rifle. If anybody comes to my house without a good reason, I, I intend to try and use it. Uh, and that's all. I'm telling you, that guy had no fear whatsoever. 
And for those who don't fully understand, back in those days, and obviously when you're having, first of all, having eight kids by six women is is wrong. Obviously, we should all should know that. But when you're having kids as an adult with younger kids who are basically like children to you, that's sick, man. That is sick. And I, I give credit to the guy Wallace, Elijah Muhammad's son, for saying something because he probably was disgusting, man. And I don't blame him. I, I give him courage for saying something. But that's who Michael Max was. He, he he meant what he said. He said what he meant. And when, for people who don't fully understand, when you were in the nation of Islam and you went against Elijah Muhammad, especially someone in Malcolm X's position, who was the head spokesman for them for almost a decade. That's an automatic suicide because there were many, <laughs> many nation of Islam, Muslim people who were loyal to the great Elijah Muhammad. And Malcolm X knew. I, I deeply believe he knew he was going to get killed at some point. Again, watch that movie. X. Or Malcolm X. I don't remember the exact title. But it's one of those two. Again, it stars Denzel Washington. Watch the movie. It's really good. He, he knew he was going to get killed at some point. Same as Dr. King. Because, again, when you were a Muslim, when you were a part of the nation of Islam, and you were in that inner circle, and you went against Elijah Muhammad, that was an automatic suicide. But Malcolm X, he didn't live in fear because he knew he was doing the right thing. Again, Malcolm X and Dr. K essentially stood for the same thing. They just had different ways of going about it. It's like Democrats and Republicans. They want the same thing. It's the same thing. They just have different ways of going about certain issues. I mean, let me read all of you certain quotes from Malcolm X. And when I read these quotes, it just goes to show how wise Malcolm X was back in his day. Excuse me. First quote. You are not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong no matter who does it or says it. And that goes back to what Colin Kaepernick stood for in the beginning. Don't be blind to the flag, what the flag represents. That's not the topic at hand. Face reality. The reality is 
black people get treated differently in a worse way than white people, than Caucasian people. That's just the fact of life. Now, that's not to say that we cannot succeed in this society. I'm not talking about only being a rapper, a ball player, or working in some form of entertainment. Okay? George Washington Carver wasn't an entertainer. Sarah Boone wasn't an entertainer. C.J. Madden Walker was an entertainer. Garrett Morgan wasn't an entertainer. Okay? So it is possible to be a black success in America. Will it be harder? Yes, it will be harder. But let me tell you this. When you got God by your side, you can walk through trials and tribulations. You can speak to the mountains. I command those obstacles to move. You can do all things. But God by your side. Another quote from Malcolm X. I'm for truth. No matter who tells it. Eh, I'm for justice. No matter who it is for or against. I'm a human being. First and foremost. And as such, I'm for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole. I, the only part I don't agree with is in the first clause. I'm for truth no matter who tells it. I agree with that for, I, I agree with I'm for truth part, but it does matter who tells it. Because say I I tell people you should not be drinking alcohol and then I go and drink alcohol at the local bar. Then that statement I'm for true looks like complete horse crap being PG. So it does matter who says certain things. I'm not saying it has to be a priest, a prophet, a evangelist, but someone who has integrity and you know that actions will speak louder than their words. There's another quote from Malcolm X. Education is our passport to the future. For tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Wow. Think about that. Education is our passport to the future. What is Malcolm X saying? When you educate yourself, and it doesn't mean going to school, just going to school. It means taking the time out of your day outside of the academic system to do research on 
this person, that person, this fact, that fact. Make sure it is a fact. Because as I mentioned to all of you, when I was in school, we truly didn't learn about Malcolm X to the extent that I'm discussing him today. We didn't discuss in depth about Dr. King as I did last episode. Even though those were the people that were most talked about during Black History Month in high school, junior high. And if we truly desire to learn whatever topic of life, we need to take the time out for ourselves to learn these different skills, the history on these people. Because as someone once said, if we don't learn about history, we are doomed to repeat it. That's a fact. Don't be ignorant to the history. Learn about it. Embed it, that history, in your mind. Because the more you educate yourself, the more you will propel yourself to a great future. A future of non-ignorance. It's a beautiful thing to learn. We all learn every day anyway. For anyone who says... I wanted to learn anything today. Yeah, you're ignorant. That's it. Plain and simple. Here's the last quote I'll read. Be peaceful. Be courteous. Obey the law. Respect everyone. But if someone put his hand on you, send him to the cemetery. I, 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 <laughs> I, I picked it. I'm going to read another one afterward. <laughs> like, I know I said I was going to read one more, but I saw another quote that I wanted to read. Let's read that quote again. Be peaceful, be courteous, obey the law, respect everyone. But if someone put his hands on you, send him to the cemetery. <laughs> And that's the main difference, again, between Malcolm X and Dr. King. Dr. King was the type of guy where if you punch him, he'll just take it. But Malcolm X, if you mess with him, again, he, he grew up in, partly in Detroit, so he, he, he ain't no punk. If you put it, if he's saying, look, be cool with people. Respect people. Okay? Because they're human beings just like you. But if they physically put their hands on you for no reason and you didn't start it, lay into them. Now, I'm not advising or recommend to kill nobody, obviously. But, look, don't let nobody punk you or bully you. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot... There's, here is the last one I will, I will read. So early in life, 
and this is actually this quote actually came to, directly from the autobiography of Malcolm X. So early in life, I had learned that if you want something, you had better make some noise. See, that's interesting because when I first read that quote, I think back to Frederick Douglass's quote: "The power can cease nothing without making a demand." And what we saw in society throughout history, whenever a civil change was made, such as the Civil Rights Act of 64, noise was made, riots happened, protests happened, that's classified as noise. Because if you're just quiet and you're all peaceful, not much change will happen. Even with Dr. King, when he protested in Alabama in 63, 62-63, he was very peaceful, but the presence of all those people, that was physical noise, especially the 200,000 people in Washington in 1963, where he got the Nobel Peace Prize. That was noise. And that's what it takes to make change. That Malcolm X man, he, I, I, I don't know what else more to say about it. He was, a very impactful man and I believe that he doesn't get enough love and credit as a, a Dr. King because of his approach to the black culture black society human rights activism so with that being said Here's what I advise to all of you. Again, watch the movie Malcolm X starring Denzel Washington. It's a great movie. Oh, and another thing. I would recommend watching the movie Selma. That movie is predicated towards the time when Dr. King was protesting in Alabama and that shows theatrically how Malcolm X helped get the president at the time to get the Civil Rights Act of 1964 officially stamped in law. I thank all of you for listening. I hope that all of you have learned something new today about Brother Malcolm, Malcolm X. Again, not much more I can say about the guy. Great leader, stood his ground. And other than the, the violent part about him, he's... Someone I, I would say you could look up to.
as a black historical figure of activism, of course. In conclusion, you can follow me on my social media platforms. They'll be listed in the transcript below. And with that being said, give a five-star rating, like, comment, subscribe. It would greatly be appreciated to help with the algorithm numbers. With that being said, stay blessed.